0: are you now how are you now game two of the canadians rookie showcase tournament 2023 do you like apples do you like apples well how do you like them apples your Montreal Canadiens defeat the Boston Bruins prospects by a score of 4-1. to one. Hello and welcome to another special episode of the Bottom 6 Minutes Podcast presented by Habs Eyes and the Prize. I am Matt Drake and I'm doing well out here in Atlantic Canada. Hurricane Lee so far been uh, actually technically a post-tropical storm, I guess is what they call it. And um, I only lost power a little bit this morning, so I had plenty of power throughout the, the day and during the game today. And, you know, knock on wood. I still have power right now as I record this, so I believe that I'll get the opportunity to actually upload this as well. And um, it was was a much better effort from the Montreal Canadiens in that game uh, overall. Um, We saw some players take a bit of a step forward from what they had done in the previous game. Uh, We saw some new players out there as well that we haven't seen before. Before we get to all of that, let me bring you through a little bit of a recap. I'll tell you what happened for anybody who didn't get a chance to watch. I will have some highlights up in the article on Habs' Eyes and the Prize as well. It's going to go up tomorrow. So if you haven't seen that yet, you can check them out there. And uh, look, the scoring this time actually got opened up by Boston. Uh, In the last game, the Habs opened up the scoring and then they ended up falling behind. Uh, But in this one, Boston... Boston actually opens up the scoring, a bit of a weird one, just about over five minutes in. Trevor Kuntar, guy I've never heard of in my life, opens the scoring, 1-0 for Boston, but that was the only goal that they would get in this game. Later on in the same period, power play for the Montreal Canadiens just past the midway point of the frame, and the second unit was just keeping the puck in very easily. Uh, Shot leads to a scramble out front of the net, and Cédric Guindon pounces on it, puts it in quite easily, makes it 1-1. It was a wash from there in the period. We had some very nice saves by Quentin Miller. Uh, we had some very nice saves at the other end by Samuel Saint-Hilaire uh, for the Bruins, an invite to their camp. Uh, so really it was a bit of a goaltending battle. Uh, Logan Mayu actually got a breakaway for himself uh, pretty late in the frame, and he got stopped. Uh, but it was an impressive breakaway. I mean, he had to show some legitimate speed uh, to get up and beat everybody to that puck. Uh, so look, the Habs were buzzing a little bit, but it was it was very much a goalie battle for the remainder of that period after the two goals were in. Early in the second period, though, Joshua Roy, one of my personal favorite players. Uh, he's kind of just protecting the puck just outside of his own blue line. Really good puck protection. Makes a nice feed to a streaking Jan Mishak. And Mishak just flies all the way down the ice. Uh, you know, he's got one defender to beat. A little bit of a two on one there, but he keeps the puck and shoots far side and puts it in. It's two to one for Les Habitants later on in that same frame, uh, Quentin Miller was making a, a couple of really nice saves. Uh, Joshua Laju had perhaps the best chance from them for or for the Habs rather from there on out. but again we had no further scoring. Uh, we just had the early goal and uh, and that was it. We go with the 2-1 score into the third period relatively early in the third, uh, Isaac Zafar uh, took a penalty, power play for the Bruins, he gets killed off with a couple pretty nice saves from Quentin Miller again. But they take another penalty as soon as it ends, and again, really good penalty killing from the Habs, good saves from Quentin Miller. Uh, the special team's actually benefiting the Habs considerably more in this game than it did yesterday. Um, encouraging sign, especially from players who haven't really had the opportunity to practice these units very much together. Just after the midway point, though, Christopher Merizier-Ortiz, he steals the puck in the neutral zone. He heads down with a player on the other side for the Montreal Canadiens. It's none other than Le Sniper, Beauceron, Joshua Roy, and Merizier-Ortiz, he just throws it over to Joshua Roy, and he snipes it. 3-1 Three to one for the good guys. Tyce Milanik would add an empty netter later on uh, to make it four to one. Riley Kidney almost added another one later, uh, and they almost got another empty netter from Joshua Wattu, So it really, it could have been like uh, six to one there if uh, if they had a little bit more puck luck on those last two opportunities. But four to one is your final score. A much better showing from the Habs rookies uh, and. Look, before I get to the player of the game and stuff, I, I do have to apologize, guys. We got to stop for a quick little word from one of our sponsors. The God of Mischief is back and better than ever. Loki. 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 Wow. Great to see you again. Critics agree. Loki Season 2 is marvelous. Great. And it's finally here. How much do you know? Let's assume I don't know much. A mind-bending adventure. Spectacularly cinematic I've been waiting for a moment like this It surpasses all expectations A little over the top, don't you think? I thought it was spot on Loki Season 2, now streaming only on Disney Plus and we're back. I forget to do that way too often. I know I didn't do it in the last episode and I'm supposed to. But we're talking about the 4-1 win for the Montreal Canadiens over the Boston Bruins and our next order of business of course has to be your player of the game and I couldn't decide so I got to give you two. It was it was a tie for me between these two guys. And the first one, it's going to be Quentin Miller in net. Quentin Miller, obviously drafted by the Montreal Canadiens in the 2023 draft. Um, he's a guy that personally, I've had the opportunity to see him a little bit uh, with the Quebec Remparts. But one thing that you'll know if you watch a lot of QMJHL is that they had William Rousseau in net for most of the year. And he was really hogging the net. So Quentin Miller didn't get a whole lot of chances to actually play for the Remparts. They were a powerhouse team that was going after a Memorial Cup. And I think, based on his talent level, based on what I saw in the few games that I got to actually see him play, I think he would have gone much higher in the draft if he wasn't in the situation that he was in. If he had been on maybe a bit of a weaker team or, or a team that wasn't really going for it that year, he might have got more chances to play, he might have got more eyes on him, and he might have gone higher up in the draft. He has a lot of really marketable skills when it comes to a goaltender his positioning is exemplary he's he's just so poised in his net uh, he protects the post really well so whenever you're attacking from angles we saw it at one point one of the Bruins forwards kind of came down below the the faceoff circle and was trying to cut in uh, from a bad angle and you saw how well he was protecting the post really hugged up against it he was even sticking his head over to make sure that that top part above his shoulder was protected um, he's He's just textbook with his positioning and you saw a lot of that against the Bruins. He was constantly square to every shot that was coming at him. I mean, at one point they completely forgot somebody in the in the slot. I can't remember who it was for the Bruins, but the Habs just forgot him there. Puck comes out to him. And he's got all the time in the world. He could sit down and make a sandwich before he takes his fucking shot. And Quentin Miller was just square to it, just waited for it patiently, and then gloved it. Uh, He made it look easy. Now, I don't want to make this comparison, okay? So I want to be very clear that I'm not making this comparison. But this was something that you saw a lot from Carey Price in his career, where really hard saves were made to look easier than they were. A lot of that boils down to positioning. That's how Carey Price did it and that's how Quentin Miller does it. Now again, I'm not making that comparison. I'm just saying that that is a quality in a goaltender that you don't see all the time, where they can make those really hard saves look easy. You can see a lot of goaltenders just because they're athletic. They make easy saves look hard and they make hard saves look hard. Everything looks hard, but they're extremely athletic, so they're kind of diving around in the net. Dominic Hasek was a good example. That guy made everything look hard, but he also stopped everything. Um, So there's there's essentially, goaltenders are, are really hard to evaluate, but when you have that textbook positioning, that you know projects to the next level because if you're tracking the puck well and you're well positioned and you're a bigger goaltender, he's about six foot three he's a pretty big dude uh pucks are gonna hit you sometimes just because you're in the right spot um we didn't really have to see a whole ton of athleticism from him, uh, in that game. And of course, you need athleticism to go along with the positioning. Uh, but look, he did exactly what he needed to do in that game. He looked fantastic, extremely well positioned, very poised, very calm. That's the kind of thing that you want to see from a young goaltender. What we're going to have to be looking for from him this year is hopefully he can take over the top spot for the, the Rampart and, and really run with it. They have another kid there that's like six foot seven. Uh, I forget his name. Damn! Why is his name escaping me all of a sudden? They got a 16-year-old kid that's like six foot seven. He's huge, and there's a possibility that that guy ends up because of his size profile being the guy so hopefully what we can see from uh quentin miller is the opportunity to is seizing the opportunity rather to really become that number one guy for quebec um and uh, they're they're probably not going to be as good of a team as they were last year but if he can you know take that role over and uh and have a good showing i think he'd be well on his way to uh potentially having an nhl role in the future and in a tie for the player of the game but number one in my heart the sniper balls around Joshua Roy you knew it was coming Um, he was again fantastic in this game and he showed something that I've been saying about him for for quite some time is that he works with everybody he looked great with Owen Beck yesterday today they put him with Jan Mishak uh, at center and wait who's on the other side? Jared Davidson Jared Davidson was on the other side um he works with everybody and a lot of it has to do with just how strong his 200 foot game has become Uh, great in the defensive zone great in the offensive zone transition has been the one area where he struggled the most and so far they've found that as long as they put him with somebody who can help him in transition uh, he's going to work and it worked with Owen Beck uh, it worked with Jan Mishak we saw it on the goal Uh, just really good puck protection by him in the neutral zone he just waited for support to come support came in the form of Mishak and uh, he gave it to him Mishak just took it and ran uh, with a really nice shot to put that one in. That got him the assist. And then on the goal, you know, he sees an opportunity. Merizia Ortiz uh, takes the puck, starts going down, and Joshua just jumps in. He kind of hangs back a little bit, puts himself in the high slot for that shot. Um, we didn't see that from uh, Joshua White in the first game because he didn't really get an opportunity to show off his shot, but his shot is extremely accurate. I'm talking hang a dime from the crossbar. I bet if he takes 10 shots, he could hit it upwards of seven times. He's that accurate with it. He doesn't have the, you know, uh, the Austin Matthews type velocity that he can get on it, but precision, accuracy. Oftentimes, if you don't have the velocity, that is is going to get it done for you anyways because you can pick corners. Uh, You can pick holes in the goaltender. And Samuel Sensilar, the goaltender that he was shooting against, just happens to be a guy that he would have shot against quite a bit in practice because they played together uh, with the Sherbrooke Phoenix. So I think he had a good read on him, and I think when he jumped in there, I think he knew exactly where he was going to put that puck, and he did, and he put it in. Then he almost got another one later in the game as well. So for Joshua Roy through two games now, that's three points in those two games, arguably – for me, inarguably, the best forward for the Montreal Canadiens so far in this rookie tournament, um, I I think it's time and I think it's beyond time that people start getting excited about this kid. He's got legitimate top six potential. Um, I do think that he's probably going to have to start the year in Laval so that he can really get a chance to play top six minutes. He's not going to get top six minutes right away with Montreal. But that being said, I'm going to say something that I've already said during the top twenty twenty five, 25, top 25 under 25 podcast. Sorry, I'm trying to get this out quick just in case I lose power. Um, I said it before and I don't care if people think I'm crazy for saying this. There is a legitimate possibility that he's the guy who could end up being the other winger for Cole Caulfield and Nick Suzuki. I think he'd be a perfect addition. The way that he forechecks, the fact that he can help them out with defensive responsibility, uh, the fact that they can help him out in transition, I think he's a fit. I don't think it's going to be right away. uh, So I'm not trying to say, you know, do that on day one. But I think you could. I'm not trying to say do it on day one. I just think that you could, and I think that it's something down the road that they should consider at least trying unless they find somebody else in the interim that ends up you know, taking that spot and really hanging on to it. It's been a struggle for them figuring out who can play there. Joshua and is an option for you. They, they should really consider it because I think it would work. So those are your two players of the game, but we had some other performances as well that I've got to single out uh, because it certainly wasn't just those two out there. Uh, Logan Mayu is the next one I want to talk about. It was night and day for him. Game one to game two. I talked about him in the last episode. Uh, Five on five was really rough for him yesterday. The only time that he looked any sort of comfortable was on the power play. Complete polar opposite in game two today against the Bruins. Uh, He looked great out there. He was a lot more poised with the puck. He was making good decisions. He got that breakaway um, where he just really showed off how good his wheels are. I mean, he was a good three, four steps behind the closest Bruin, and then he gets to the puck maybe two, three steps ahead of him, gets stopped in the breakaway. But you know what? Uh, that 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 finishing touch is something that he showed before in junior. I'm not too worried about him, you know, not putting that in. For me, it was more seeing that recognition of the play, uh, seeing him really turn on the jets the way that he did. Uh, that That was important. And then even more important than that, was just how much more comfortable he looked in his own zone. He had a really nice hit at one point. Uh, One of the Bruins players crossed over the blue line. He got about two steps in, and Logan Mayu just came in and blasted him nice and clean, had his hands down, just followed through at the shoulder, and uh, ended up turning the puck over for the Montreal Canadiens uh, with that hit. Uh, just everything. Everything looked better for him. Um, he had some good opportunities in the blue line. He got to show off his shot a little bit. Um, th- this was just a, a much more complete game for him. He looked more comfortable. He looked less nervous. Um, and he didn't have any bad giveaways. It was a much, much, much better game for everybody who was complaining about him in game one. He kind of shut them up a little bit and at least made people go, ah, you know what? I'm, I'm willing to give this guy an opportunity. And I gotta say, another performance that I wanted to talk about was from his partner, Jaden Struble, who I suspect helped Logan Mayu a little bit. Jaden Struble plays a little bit more defensively. He's a very robust guy. He's got a very similar size and strength profile to Isaiah George, who Logan Mayu played with in the, with the London Knights. And I, I wonder if that familiarity was kind of there a little bit. I think Isaiah George is a little bit of a better skater than Struble personally, but they have a similar size and strength profile. They're both bruising guys that can really put a hurt on you in front of the net and in the corners. And I, I just think that it, it worked for Logan Mayu. Something clicked. There's a strong possibility that those two, Struble, by the way, played a fantastic game himself, end up being a pair for the Laval Rocket this season. Uh, A lot of people were talking about it on Twitter. A lot of people were saying they would like to see it. I myself said I would like to see it. And I think at this point we can say it would be smart for the Montreal Canadiens to maybe staple those two together for the rest of camp and then put them together in Laval. I think it's the best move for the moment. I don't know. Maybe you disagree. You can have it out in the comments of the article on Eyes on the Prize, which is going to be up tomorrow or today if you happen to be listening to this on the 17th. Um, we are, of course, not sure what's going to happen at Maine Habs camp in terms of lineup decisions. Uh, if there are any injuries, you never know. Somebody might get vaulted up into the NHL. Uh, but for the time being, I think both of those guys need some time in the AHL, and I'd like to see them do it together. Um, you know, it worked in this game. You know, when you find something that works, the, sometimes the best thing to do is just stick with it and uh, see if it continues to work. And then if it doesn't, you make some adjustments. But for now, those two appear to work quite well together, and I would like to see them stay together. Outside of those two, um, I thought Riley Kidney played a better game than he did yesterday. Not spectacular. I was hoping to see a little bit more from him, but I, I would say a better game. Uh, Jared Davidson was pretty good. Ty Spelanik got himself uh, an empty netter there at the end of the game. He was decent. Um, I I think there was not really any disappointing performances from the Montreal Canadiens in that game. The only one I would say is, uh, you know, Philip Mishar, again, was a a little bit invisible out there. And that's not necessarily a bad thing because it it means that at the very least he wasn't making any glaring mistakes, right? But I would like to to just see it just left me wanting a little bit from him you know we'll see if he ends up suiting up for Monday's game or not uh, I'm not too sure I haven't seen anything so as far as I know they, they could be going with a similar lineup as they did for game one uh, I really hope Joshua Wild plays again just because I'm, I'm really enjoying what he's doing so far at this tournament but it's it's just they they gave Meshar an opportunity at center uh, with Xavier Simono and Emil Heinemann and it, it it just didn't pan out the way that I thought it might you know Again, not trying to knock on Philip Mishar. I just felt like uh, I I would have liked to see a little bit more from him in that one. Um, Really, again, outside of that, I don't have anything negative to say. And that's not even really a negative. Uh, Again, he didn't make any glaring mistakes. It's just I wanted to see more from him. So that was a much better game from the Habs. Much better game. And they beat the Bruins, which is always nice to be able to say that the Habs beat the Bruins. Don't know how much of that they're going to be doing during the regular season. But we'll see. Right? We will see. That's about it for this one. We're running, uh, well, about 18 minutes by the time I'm done my spiel here. So, c'est une grosse soirée pour les employés de soutien. We are on Spotify, Google Play, Apple, Megaphone. I'm on Twitter, or X as they call it now. Thanks, Elon Musk. That's at DrakeMT. Drop me a follow. I would appreciate it very much. Thank you, as always, for listening. And, of course, à la prochaine.